Hello and welcome to What the Dev. This is Christina Cardoza, news editor of SC Times, and today we have with us David Rubenstein, our editor-in-chief, and Jane Grohl, CEO of the DevOps Institute. We're here today at the DevOps Enterprise Summit in Las Vegas, so we're turning What the Dev into What the DevOps, and Jane is here to talk to us a little bit about what's going on um, at the DevOps Institute. So thanks for joining us, Jane. Oh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Do you just want to start off explaining what the DevOps Institute does and how you're there to support the DevOps community? Sure. So I had the privilege of watching the DevOps movement rise from its very early days. So I attended a DevOps Days in Mountain View, California in 2012, and we saw, we saw the seeds of a community that was emerging and that ultimately would uh, cross over into the enterprise space. And so, you know, in situations like this, communities need hubs, they need the ability to upskill, they need the ability to kind of make sense of, of a lot of what's going on. But more importantly, the humans need to be represented. And so our mission at DevOps Institute is to advance the human elements of mm -hmm. DevOps. There's a lot of focus, of course, on technology. But for example, if you're a developer today, you're probably being challenged in terms of which skills you should add to what we call the top of your T, or do you need to become a test-driven developer? Do you need to develop infrastructure? And it isn't only about training. We're not a training company. Uh, but it is about providing opportunities for the human perspective to be represented in DevOps. So we're an open member community. Membership is free, so I invite everyone listening to just go up to our website and become a, a free member of our community. We introduced something called the SKIL framework, which is skills, knowledge, ideas, and learning, which is really the holistic needs of the modern IT professional. You need skills to grow your career. That may be a certification. You need knowledge, research. We do some research. Uh, on uh, upskilling and what skills are considered important um, and not as important anymore. Uh, books, blogs, case studies all fit into your kind of passive knowledge, gives you insight. Hopefully it sparks some ideas. That's our eye. Uh, so we have Global Skill Up Day, which mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm excited about. December 10th, we've declared as Global Skill Up Day. We have a Slack channel. We have other opportunities for people to spark ideas. And then the L is continuous learning. And so we started something called a Guru Cafe. Uh, we have series like Continuous Learning Minutes, which are about two minutes of what is a DevOps concept and why is it important, recorded by some of the best industry, top industry thought leaders. So again, the goal is, is to really equip the human and help them on their journey as they're moving from perhaps where they are today and perhaps where they need to or want to be tomorrow. Great. Now, you know, DevOps, the name itself, sort of implies the culture change. Where do you think that the machines or the technology and the process started taking over, you know, the real element of DevOps, which is the people? So we know we need to automate a lot of what we do in IT, right? So we've been so busy automating the rest of the world, we sort of forgot to automate ourselves, right? So I think part of the DevOps movement is a recognition that there are a lot of tasks that occur inside of IT that can be automated. And that leaves the humans the ability to do what only humans do best, at least today, right? Mm -hmm. Which is critical thinking skills, right? The ability to conceptualize and then create something from nothing, right? That, so when we look at development from a coding perspective, the ability to interact with each other. There's, there's so many human elements that are associated with it, but unfortunately as DevOps emerged, our go-to position in IT is to 
acquire a tool, right? right. So always. always, right? I'm an old IT director, right? So how do you solve a problem? You buy or acquire something. Um, you know, that's where the term shelfware came from, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, as DevOps has started to evolve and continuous delivery became unfortunately synonymous with DevOps, which it isn't, it's, it's certainly a key practice, this whole automation first mentality came forward. And then slowly but surely over the last five years, I've seen more of a focus on developer first. So now we're starting to look at this developer-first approach that organizations are recognizing that all the automation in the world isn't going to necessarily replace the fact that it's going to be people that are going to innovate. There are people that are going to conceptualize. There are people that are going to create and that the automation will support some of the the more manual repetitive tasks that should have been there in the first place but again you know it it took us a long time to kind of figure that figure that out i also think we're cross-breeding our vocabularies we're starting to cross-breed our tools um and so that's helping this along as as well but automation alone is not going to solve the problem at least today right tomorrow maybe i don't know (laughs) you know but at least not today well to get back to a point that you were talking about how people we in the, in the old days, buy a tool to solve a problem. We hear about it all the time in, in articles that we write and interviews that we do of people who are like, well, if you want to make this transition, you need to have a platform and you need to have a framework. Oh, and by the way, almost as an afterthought, you need a complete cultural shift. But they don't talk about that because they don't sell cultural shift. They mm-hmm. sell a tool. It's true. But that's the hardest, the most gnarly part to, to get over. You're talking about losing perhaps people who have a ton of institutional knowledge because they're old and aren't used to working in new uh, methods and uh, and that becomes a really a really thorny issue so and what are you guys doing to kind of address that and help maybe organizations so get through that some of the research we did last year we did a, a large community project called upskilling enterprise DevOps skills report and what was really fascinating is that soft skills emerged to be statistically equal to process and technical skills mm-hmm. in terms of what's being desired in the marketplace today so uh, so from our perspective um, first of all, yes, you need to know Kubernetes and you need to be a test-driven developer and you know you need to know any one of a number of other tools. Right. People are harder to change because people have opinions and people adopt to new things at different pace, right? So you may be at an acceptance stage, I may be at a, I'm an experimental stage, I don't know what this means to me, but I think the organizations are also I'd starting... I'd probably be in the get-off-my-lawn stage. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right, exactly, right. But we also know that there's a huge talent gap, and we also know that there's a a large layer of people like me, maybe even younger than me, who are trying to figure out how they stay relevant in a very, very fast-paced world. So there's all this noise coming at you, right? So one of the things DevOps Institute does, partially through our research, partially through our SKIL framework, um, hopefully through this uh, upcoming Global Skill Update, is the ability to help make sense of it. Right. DevOps is so big, it's a recipe. So while everybody's trying to figure out what it is, it's a recipe. Right? It's a recipe that has ingredients from a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. So the cultural aspect, which is harder than buying a tool, right? Yeah, sure. It's much harder than buying a tool mm-hmm. because tools don't have opinions, right? right? <laughs> um, and they don't have emotions. Right. But if you look at the case studies that are the most successful, those case studies are the ones that really tried an intentional effort to do a cultural shift. Right? They did something different. Uh, when we start to look at, at kind of the, how do you kind of assimilate all this noise and how do you know what's true? In a tool, it's either true or it's not, right? right? I implement the tool and I could customize it, 
but the source code's the source code, right? In humans, we have a lot of different source codes, right? So you and I are all very different in terms of our needs, our approach, our talents, our natural abilities. So I think when we start to look at it from, from our perspective, first of all, the best way to, to connect people is to give them opportunities to interact with each other, right? So events like DevOps Enterprise Summit are fantastic because... Um, because they interact with each other. I went to 16 conferences last year. I interacted with a lot of humans. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot of so, but, but I do think when you start to look at that online, whether it's, it's through our Slack channel, whether it's through other opportunities to just share ideas, right, and ask questions, uh, access to thought leaders. Um, and I also think continuous learning in today's environment is very subliminal. Right, I could learn from you. You could be a mentor to me. Right, I could ask you, teach me something. I could teach you something. I could learn by watching a two-minute continuous learning minute video. I could watch something on YouTube. I can go to a tool provider and play in a sandbox. There's a lot of things that humans can do that they don't know that's available. And so part of our mission is to help them understand not just from us what's available out there. Right? right? How, you know, how do you do it privately, collectively? Um, and beyond that. So, yeah, there's a lot of things, I think, from a cultural perspective, a good um, executive leader could really point mm-hmm. directions or experiment in, you know, in, right. in different ways. And so do that. L- let me just ask you this. So how does, like, upskilling... I, I said it on uh, Domenico DeGrandis's, uh session earlier today mm-hmm. about the changing roles, how you have new ways of thinking, new technologies is going to create new roles and opportunities in organizations. So I, I'm sure a lot of people don't even know what skills they need to acquire yet at this point. Right. You know, because it's still fairly early on, I guess. So is that something also that you guys are working toward to help show people, okay, here are some of the new roles that are emerging and here's what you're going to need to know to fit into that kind of an environment? Even more than new roles, we're advocating the advent of the T-shaped professional. So if you're a software engineer, chances are good you're still going to be a software engineer, right? That's your role, right? right? And that's your deep competency. It's the stem of your T, if you think Mm -hmm. of a T in that direction. And you should continue to grow those skills. Today, though, everyone needs to be T-shaped, which means the top of their T needs to be fed with a broad base of other skills. So if I'm a developer, I need to have basic testing skills, basic security skills, basic infrastructure skills. So from our perspective, yes, there are new roles that are emerging, and every organization is going to have a different flavor of that. We're focused more on what skills should you add to the top of your T? Because that's going to make you a better software engineer, right? A better developer, because you now know how to build it, to, you know, write it, build it, secure it, deploy it. Um, And I don't like the term full stack, but you have enough skill now to interact with others, to be able to own your code, right? To be able to optimize automation about your code. So we very much advocate that everybody has to really look at what do you want to put in the top of your tea? Right. Right? And keep growing the deep So that's knowledge. where you get the the the, the breadth of, exactly. of the job while the tea itself is your core competency. Exactly. And your, exactly. Your and it and it's just enough. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're a TDD, a test-driven developer, you don't have to be, you know, you have to have the same skill set as, say, somebody that's been doing QA or testing for, right. you know, uh, 20 years. Right. But you need to have just enough, right? right. Just even enough product security. ideation, for example. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, and so the whole concept of kind of project to product encourages that. I think, you know, when we look at upskilling programs, a lot of the upskilling programs are designed to give you 
breadth of knowledge, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you may eventually, if you're an overachiever, develop, become pie-shaped or comb-shaped or, you know, whatever. I tell everybody, do not focus on that, right? <laughs> <laughs> develop your core competency and then, you know, add to the top of your T. Interesting. Great. So you keep, um, you know, mentioning how soft skills are so important and you mentioned critical thinking. Is there any other um, examples you can give us of what the soft skills that developers need today? Yeah, so um, so anyone who's listening is invited to download the 2019 Upskilling Report. The survey is open now, so if you don't mind, please go to our website, complete the new survey, because we're doing year-over-year research. Mm-hmm. But the number one soft skill, not un- unexpectedly, was communication, collaboration, right? But they're not the same thing, right? Collaboration, I have to ask your opinion. Right. Empathy, really trying to understand empathy. Customer experience understanding, you know, outside-in thinking are, are uh, critical soft skills. Negotiation skills, right? The ability to negotiate so that we understand what is the scope of this project or what we're going to do during this next, uh, this next sprint. Uh, conflict management, right? Being able to agree to disagree or at least being able to, uh, you know, have that kind of, of skill set that if you're in conflict with somebody, you can figure out whether it's win-win or, you know, what kind of conflict mode you need to take there. So all of those came out as soft skills that people really need to, and there and there were tactics for doing that, right? It's not like I'm friendly and you're not, or I'm a better negotiator and you're not. Right? Well, this is interesting because I was telling Christina before I've been watching binge watching the Silicon Valley mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. on HBO and and the guy who was the CEO started dating this woman but she turned out she liked using spaces in her code and he liked tabs <laughs> and that was it and that was the, the, end of the it. relationship is over yeah. so yeah I guess resolving those types of things would be probably important yeah I think empathy in a lot of ways is and it's not it didn't come out number one number one was communication collaboration right uh, but I think empathy when we start to look at empathy and it came out kind of a little bit towards the top not quite at the middle and again it granulated the research really granulated into different skills and must have nice to have not as important so it was pretty good research but I think when we look at empathy the ability to kind of put yourself in somebody else's role um, that's something you have to practice right I have to practice understanding what your needs are or what your perspective is right you have to practice understanding mine so that we can communicate better Great. I think um, we're running out of time, but before you go, I just want to ask one last question. You mentioned, you know, conferences are so important because you need to interact with people. Gene Kim this morning mentioned that, you know, we're here because we all want to be re-energized with the DevOps initiative. So what can you do outside of conferences, you know, to keep that energy up and going and keep your teams, you know, focused on the DevOps roles? So a lot of organizations trying to make a cultural shift have done some very, very cool things. I mean, organizations are now standing up these dojos, right, where you have an agile coach and a cultural coach and a a, a, a DevOps coach, and, you know, they, they bring in all these coaches kind of to immerse you in doing other things. I know organizations that do brown bag lunches, they do hackathons, they, but they make intentional efforts. Some do internal DevOps days where they invite speakers to come in, and then they have speakers from their own organization to be able to do that, and that keeps you re-energized. I also think it's important to stay connected to the community. That's why we chose to keep our membership free. Right? So in an open source environment, you know, if I ever feel that there's enough value, maybe there's a premium membership someday. But for now, our membership is free because people need to connect with each other. Right? And, and your credit card shouldn't be an obstacle or your company's approval shouldn't be an obstacle to that. Um, hopefully, they find channels 
right? DevOps days, meetups. Uh, we have something called skill ups, right? Which are like meetups. Mm-hmm. Just opportunities for humans to interact with humans because all day long we're staring at a screen, mm-hmm. right? And it's not getting any better, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, right? You're staring at a screen all day and sometimes you need to look into people's eyes. Couldn't agree more. All right, great. Thanks for joining us, Dean. Oh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. This is uh, Christina and Dave. Until next time, what the DevOps.